Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Dr. Eric Russell as we continue our servant leadership discussions, this week exploring the concept of healing and servant leadership. Healing relates to the emotional health and wholeness of people and involves supporting them both physically and mentally. First, we need to make sure that our people have the knowledge, support, and resources they need to do their jobs effectively and that they have a healthy workplace. Then we need to take steps to help them be happy and engaged in their roles. We also can use the tools such as the triple bottom line to think about how our organization can make a positive impact on the people we lead and the customers we serve. Eric Russell, welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thanks. Great to be here. Yeah, great to have you back. Uh, it's always fun to talk with you. Um, and in fact, the last couple of times we've set up uh, appointments to record, we just end up talking about other stuff and we never even got to recording because uh, we, we have so much fun chatting about this, that, and the other. Um, but we do want to make sure that we get to our topic and discussion today as we continue our servant leadership series this week, we're going to be talking about healing and servant leadership. Uh, and for those of you who may not have caught our um, previous episodes in this series, uh, we've now done uh, maybe a dozen upwards of even 15 episodes on various servant leadership topics, principles um, and characteristics that are really important to servant leaders and being effective in that way. Uh, Today, again, focusing on the healing aspect, um, hopefully that'll be a really uh, fun discussion and something that'll be valuable to listeners. And I would invite all of you to go back and look at our back catalog of previous um, episodes in the series. For any of you who may not have caught any of those, uh, just by way of introduction for Dr. Russell, Dr. Eric Russell is an associate professor in the emergency services department at UVU, uh, and he is an HCI research associate. Uh, so welcome back, Eric. And uh, as we launch in today, anything you would like to share by way of background, uh, any additional personal introduction um, or anything like that? Uh, no, just understand that the concept of healing within servant leadership goes all the way back to the original essay of Greenleaf. Uh, he, he, is, he was very specific to write about healing um, and the healing of the healing of the, the individual and the organization and the self. So this is a good topic to talk on. It'll probably take a few episodes to, to really kind of hone it out for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as I was doing a little prep for this and thinking about the role of healing um, it's, it's really about 
emotional health and the wholeness of the individual and uh, you know, someone being able to um, be their whole authentic self and, and leaders finding a way to support their people, both physically and mentally. Um, you know, there, there's, I think a lot that goes into to healing and the reality is we all have to deal with a lot of crap in our lives and in our jobs. And, you know, you and I, we, we love, um, you know, chatting about the things that frustrate us and, and ranting a little bit. And, you know, it's one of the, it's a nice thing when you have someone who gets it and you can talk to and just kind of, um, vent and let it out. Cause I think that can be part of the healing process. Um, but the reality is like, if you just constantly vent and you're just constantly, you know, so upset, um, and ruminating on all the, the negative aspects of what you're dealing with, you know, then, then you are shortchanging your opportunity to develop and, you know, further growth and not to mention just your overall well-being and, and your mental state. So, mm -hmm. so we want to be thinking about how we can both practice healing and self-care ourselves as leaders, but also how can we be supportive of our people uh, in helping them to do that as well, knowing full well that they're going to be dealing with all sorts of challenges and difficulties, some even perhaps caused by us, uh, and and we are going to try to help them and support them in making it right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I love, I like how you said caused by us. What we know is is um, a lot of the problems that people have and a lot of their anger is definitely associated with those in power that are over them. Um, and it's not that we do something horrible, like every day that our employees walk into work, we trip them. But it's just this, it's this nasty, it's this noxious behavior, these little teeny tiny cat scratches, that, that death of a thousand cuts kind of a thing that causes people to just break down and, and, and lose it because in our article that you and I wrote about the four hours, when you think about that, if you're working in a toxic environment with these nasty little aggressions that exist and this behavior and this undermining and this unappreciation for your people, those four hours that you have dedicated to your family and to yourself and all this kind of stuff, your mind becomes occupied with your professional day to where to where now you're not just thinking about your job when you're at work, but you're in this constant state, this constant video is playing in your head of this crappy position you're finding yourself in and you're unhappy. And then that unhappiness goes to your family. And then that unhappiness goes back to your work and it goes to your performance. And that's why the concept of healing is so important, but it's also, it's also the concept of kindness. You know, uh, Greenleaf said healing and serving, but it's also just healing and kindness. Be nice to people. It's so easy to be nice to people and not be a jerk. That doesn't mean that you have to be Mr. Rogers every day with a smile on your face. People are allowed to have bad days. But if your organization has people who are unhappy and uh, they're clammed up and you're, not, and you're noticing that you're not getting the best, well, chances are you have an organization where kindness doesn't exist and your people are just surviving. And a lot of times it's you. And if you're the leader of an organization, it's always you. Even if you're not the person who directly did it, it's you. You have to own it. 
And that's where the healing has to start from. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, the old saying, the buck stops with us, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's cliche, but it's true. And, and if, if institutionally, you know, the organization and or particular leaders aren't willing to own their responsibility uh, for the culture, their responsibility for the interactions and the experiences of employees in the workplace, if that isn't going to happen, it's going to be really hard for healing to take place because people are, like you said, they're just trying to survive. They're keep putting their heads down. They're, they're, they're being quiet. Uh, we were talking before we hit record even, you know, about the, the phenomenon of disengagement and even people leaving um, because of those types of toxic environments. Well, again, that comes down to leadership. Uh, and if, when you have effective leaders, uh, you create empowering, enriching, dynamic environments. When you have uh, poor environments and cultures, it's a telltale sign of poor leadership. And that doesn't mean that you are the one and only problem. It doesn't mean that you're the one, like, <laughs> as you said, you're not like tripping people as they walk into work and like spitting on them as they hit the ground. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be like, intentional or blatant, like anything that you're trying to cause harm on people. But there's a lot of things that can just happen when we're passively going about our our work, if we're not being proactive about trying to create a positive environment. And, And when that happens, it has all sorts of negative outcomes for our people. And if we're not willing to take ownership for it, responsibility, apologize, and, and try to make it right, we're fooling ourselves if we if we think that we can just tell our people, you know, buck up, you know, practice self-care. Uh, it's, it's all in your head. Like you get to decide how you respond. Like these are the types of things people say all the time. And whenever I hear a leader say something like that, I'm like, yeah, there's truth to it. Like I do have personal responsibility for myself and my reactions, but if I am pissed off at work and then I have a boss who says that kind of crap to me, uh, it just pisses me off more. I, I want them to acknowledge their role in it. Um, and if we are delusional enough to think that we can have a crappy culture and work environment and somehow just tell people to buck up and, and get over it or choose to be happy and engaged anyways, um, we're fooling ourselves and, and there's going to be no healing. You're just going to have it fester and you're going to continue to per and you like just have people um, leaving or disengaging in massive numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the downside. Like that's, if, if we're not doing it well, that's what's going to happen. You're going to have toxic, sick organizations that don't actually really value their people. Um, let's flip it though now and talk like, what about the positive side? What, what are some ways that we can start to take that ownership and that we can start to put in into play this, this practice of healing so that we can, respond in healthier ways when there are disappointments, when there are setbacks and challenges, because we all know they're going to be there. They're always there. Mm -hmm. Um, Every organization, no matter how well it's run, no matter how good the leadership is, there are going to be times where we're pissed off. There's going to be times where we're frustrated. There's going to be times where we fail. Um, There's going to be hurt feelings. There's going to be uh, all sorts of problems that emerge anytime a group of people get together to try to work on something. So how do we start the process of healing? So 
There's a bunch of different doors that you can walk through um, for the organization itself. And like I said, this is a topic that we could spend a lot of time on. Um, it begins with building a community. And when people, it's like a family, you think of, all right, you have a large family, right? And sometimes your kids might get into it. They might fight. Maybe it even come, maybe there's a little fisticuffs that even happens. Who knows, you know? But in the end, they love each other and they're going to come together and give a big hug and they're going to go to the dinner table and, and, and have supper together. Um, that's, that's what a healthy organization should be striving for is, yes, you are going to have bad days. Yes, you are going to have downturns. Yes, you are going to have problems and problems do arise. But if you have an organization that you have strived as a leader to build that strong community, that community that I talk about as far as the responders are concerned about police, fire, and the military is that, that community that where they can exist, where it's okay to not be okay, where you are going to get razzed, but you're going to get razzed because you're loved and you're going to have this feeling of belonging. Well, what that, hap what that allows for is for people to finally be able to open up and say, you know what, I've been dealing with this. I got to get through it. And other people are going to be there for them to help them heal. However, if you haven't built an organization, you can't have healing if you haven't built an organization that is founded on community. And I don't mean like some hippie commune up in Oregon where everybody's just sharing, you know, or organic wheatgrass. Hey, this don't, is don't diss the Oregon communes. I, I grew up in, I grew I up in Oregon. <laughs> That's why I used Oregon. That's why I threw it out there. I know. Um, and loved Oregon though. Uh, but that's really what it's about. You know, it, it's, you can't have, you can't have a place where your people, um, can heal unless you've built the community. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Like I, I, I always use the analogy when I'm talking about this uh, to groups. Think of an athlete. So let's take, um, I don't know, let's take LeBron James. Now, here is a god of a human being, um, probably the uh, top two greatest basketball players, uh, and just an all-around awesome dude. 
on at a practice one day, he pulls his hamstring. And it doesn't matter how strong his quads are, his glutes, his calves. It doesn't matter his mental mindset or anything like that. When you pull a hamstring, you're done. Like you have to heal that hamstring in order for the, for the rest of it to heal. So you can have an organization full of LeBron, people with the potential of LeBron James. I mean, you're not going to be LeBron James. That's just, there's only a few people in the world that can be. But until, if you have problems and you have wounds that are festering, i.e. That, that damaged hamstring, you aren't going to win championships. You're not even going to play. You're just, you're just going to exist. And so that community that I'm talking about, that community helps carry the load and heal that hamstring. So then they can, then they can move on. It's one of the biggest misnomers that, and it's because of television and the media and all this kind of stuff, is they think that your quote-unquote alphas in society, for some reason, they just kind of shut down when they're not doing anything like they're robots, but they're humans and they get damaged. We know that the suicide rates among special forces is actually double that of the conventional military. Um, more firefighters now kill themselves every year than die in the line of duty. Um, same, same with law enforcement. And so if you don't have that community where they can come in and they can heal, you can't expect to ever get the best out of them. And they're going to falter because I don't care how big I, I can make you LeBron James physically in the gym, not his height, but I can make you big. I can make you strong, but your soul is the same size as the next person's. And that's really what gets damaged. And people are human and they get damaged. But when you have, when you have that community, when a leader has built that community where people can come in and not be okay for a while and you get them back, you get them back to baseline, then they can thrive again. Also think about how loyal those people are going to be to you. You know, and that doesn't, that doesn't mean you have to, people will take that. It's like, Oh, well we have to build a, we have to build a culture where everybody walks on eggshells. It's like, no, you just have to build a culture where everybody belongs and is appreciated. I mean, how, how hard is that? Yeah. But that's where healing starts. Yeah. It, it, it starts with the, the buzzwords, right? We talk about, diversity, inclusion, and belonging. Um, there's a reason why those are talked about so much, and that is because they're fundamental, they're, they're foundational to a healthy organization where you create that community. Um, so just saying diversity is valued and just saying we, are an we want a, an inclusive culture, we want people to feel like they belong in word only, that doesn't mean anything, right? right. Uh, it, but it's, it's how you actually behave and act around each other the types of policies, practices, procedures you put in place, how you um, how you be with your people when they're struggling. It, it's very telling when an organization, um, you know, tends to be more of a supportive type of an organization. So when someone is struggling or they're down or their performance is dipped a little bit um, or whatever, you have the one type of organization. If we're thinking on a uh, you know a, a scale or a dichotomy, uh, two ends of the scale you know, you have one type of organization where the leader and the, the, the organization itself is going to be supportive and empowering and put resources behind that person because they see the innate value uh, of that individual and the value of their human capital. They want to invest in them. And then you have on the other side, 
um, the organization that's punitive, um, they're legalistic, they, they uh, are just looking for reasons to, to uh, you know, ding that person so that they can start the process of getting rid of them so they can replace them. And they somehow think that that is just going to, like, it's like some sort of magical thing where you just replace somebody and all of a sudden you're just going to solve all your problems. We know that's not the case. Like there's so much research to show that that's not how it works. Uh, and it takes time and effort and energy to create a good culture. It takes time and effort and energy to, to uh, create a good cohesive team. And when you have turnover and you have people disengaging or, or leaving because, um, because things aren't healthy or, be, or because they get pushed out because they dip for a while and they're not getting the support they need. All of those types of situations just start you down this downward spiral of a negative um, compli compliance-based punitive culture and it's toxic. And so we, we need truly inclusive and uh, diverse organizations that foster a sense of belonging so we can have that community where people do know that they can show up and be pissed off you know, when maybe we're in the middle of a pandemic. So people, you know, they're struggling financially or emotionally or whatever, and they can come to work and know that they, people have their back and, and they don't have to watch their back. <laughs> That's the difference. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have to watch my back to make sure no one's going to stab me while I'm down. Uh, rather, I know that everyone's going to be there for me and protect me and help me. When I feel safe in that way, then I can heal. So I love the example of LeBron or anyone who's on an athletic team who gets injured. Yeah, the, the team, the rest of the team has to step up and pull the weight so that they give the, the person a chance to rest and go through the healing process that's necessary so they can come back and be a, a great performer. And if that doesn't happen, they're just going to re-aggravate that injury over and over again. It's going to persist. Their performance is going to go down. And, you know, potentially, again, if we're talking just in the athletic realm, they're going to, they're, they're uh, going to shortchange their career. They're going to, uh, they're going to have lots of long-term negative consequences. The same thing happens in organizations all the time. So we need to recognize that when something is dysfunctional, when something is painful, when someone is dealing with something that's difficult, that it needs to be addressed. We can't just put our head in the sand and hope it goes away. We can't just pretend like it's not happening. We can't just say, put on a happy face. And, you know, if, if you tell yourself you're, you're fine enough, then you'll be fine. That's nonsense. And we can't do that. If, if, if that's our approach, healing's not going to occur. Mm -hmm. I also think that if we want healing to happen, then as a leader, we need to model it for our people. So it's, yep. it's, it starts with taking that responsibility. It starts with apologizing, but then it also, it requires us to practice our own self-care and to be vulnerable and acknowledge when we're dealing with something so that our people know that, Hey, if, if my boss is dealing with something and they are um, vulnerable enough to share that so that we can support them, we know that they will support us and that the team will support us when we're struggling with something. When that is the environment, then, Hey, guess what? Uh, healing can occur. It will occur. Um, because everyone will have each other's back. Oh, well said. Yep. Well said. Well, Eric, uh, I know we're getting close to the end of our time uh, together today. We, like you said, we could go on and on um, 
with this topic and perhaps we'll revisit it again in a future session. Um, but before we close today, anything else that you would like to share, any final perspective um, before we close? Yeah, when it comes to healing, you have to, you have to acknowledge one of the one of the problems with organizations is when that new person comes in and it's that I'm the new sheriff in town and they forget they forget the fact that the organization has existed for a long time before they ever got there and that one of your jobs and it's through active listening and hearing the things that are both being said and not said is to figure out where the wounds are and there might not be any but chances are there are and it's your job to, instead of being that new sheriff in town, but it's your job to heal those wounds and to, and to get people back to baseline because the person you could have replaced was unbelievable and loved and it's such a huge loss to them or the person you might have replaced was a nightmare and did massive damage to the organization that you're now in charge of. And it is your responsibility when you're given that first chair assignment to. Um, to heal those wounds and to uh, not think just because you're there that everything's better now, because that's, that's not how it works. Yeah. And it just requires self-awareness. It requires empathy and compassion mm -hmm. and vulnerability. And those are all terms that a lot of people think are not consistent with strong leadership. Um, and it goes back to what we've talked about previously about kind of these outdated false notions of like alpha leadership and like what, mm -hmm. what some people like this false stereotype of what people think leadership is. Uh, well, you know, it, it is most of those definitions are kind of obsolete and crap. Um, there's tons of research to back it up yep. um, that you, you need. Now that doesn't mean that you need someone who's going to give you a hug every day you walk into the office. Um, but you do need someone who can practice uh, emotional and you know have active emotional intelligence and have empathy and, and like genuine compassion for their people <clears throat> and when that happens it, you know that goes a really long way uh, even when there may be other deficiencies or gaps in particular leadership competencies that you know some a particular leader may or may not have so um, I, I think that's a good place to end up, end it on uh, thank you Eric for joining me again today it's always a pleasure talking with you and uh, I hope listeners will uh, take a chance to think about how you can uh, promote uh, an environment and culture of healing in your organization. And I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.